0: Hi there, I'm Adam Young, editor of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and this is The Lead. In this weekly podcast, we highlight some of the big stories impacting Lubbock and the South Plains. I visit with a few of our reporters. We talk a bit about what they're working on and stories they expect to share in the coming days. So let's get started. Joined now by the Avalanche Journal's ag and environmental reporter, Brandy Addison, you've got some updates, including on a new... Uh, influenza, um, avian influenza that's impacting uh, mammals, specifically skunks, up in the panhandle? This first case up there?
1: Yeah, yeah. So this was in Carson County. Um, And it's the first case in Texas, yeah. I talked to a veterinarian yesterday with Texas Parks and Wildlife Department about it. They were the ones who tested for it, you know. Um, so they said that the skunk he was not within the city limits. He was in um, more of a rural area. They said basically he was just um, displaying you know weird symptoms where the skunk was trying to actually walk up to these humans right um kind of you know walking all dizzily and stuff and it's essentially the exact same signs of rabies so they did have to put the skunk down and test him for rabies which came back negative um but he did test positive for avian flu and avian flu i don't know if anybody's made this connection this is um the the Virus that's been taking over all the birds uh, across the nation, which is leading to the egg shortage, um, and the veterinarian said it was likely from a um, an area of wild birds that had contracted the virus.
0: And so, my understanding, just from some early reporting you've done, some an announcement that came from Texas Parks and Wildlife is that this is the first known case of like a transfer from, uh, I guess, a bird to a mammal in Texas.
1: I can't quite recall if she said it passes from mammal to mammal, if it's contagious in that way, but it comes primarily from uh, eating on the dead carcasses, but also, um, you know... uh,
0: So probably not a risk for most people then, assuming that's not your practice?
1: She said that it is a very little risk. It's a possibility. They've only had one concern, and it was, I believe she said, an inmate who was a poultry worker. And they never actually confirmed that he did contract avian flu. They said that it could also have just been contamination. So it is not a high risk to people at all. Also, not to domesticated animals such as cats, dogs. Uh, They have seen some in coyotes. I believe uh, Colorado saw some in cattle. Um, snow geese and stuff, but but not you. You shouldn't be worried about your pets at all.
0: Understood. And then you're also looking ahead to the spring weather outlook ahead of planting season.
1: Yeah, yeah. So looking at the forecast over the next couple of weeks, we do not um, expect any more freezes just until into early April. Um, Historically, I can't say past early April. Historically, our last freeze in Lubbock is April 10th. So I personally would expect that this would be one of, we're seeing one of our last frosts this week. Um, I can't say that for sure, but I do know that we are also neutralizing from La Nina at the end of April. Um, So we are already seeing our plants blooming, right? Because it's already been a warmer than usual spring. We already hit a, our record temperature um, for the year, you know, the ho- hottest day of the year in February at, I think it was 85, 86 degrees. Um, and so we, we will expect warmer than usual temperatures this year, but we are gonna go back to normal rainfall, which in Lubbock, I think that's somewhere between um, 17 to 20 inches annually
0: understood. But yeah, I'm anticipating the same thing this past weekend was the one where I uh, started planting my wildflower seeds, perhaps I was a little late for that. And yeah. I've also um, added some more water to my the tulips that my nine year old daughter had me, uh, I guess, plant back uh, over the winter. I haven't seen anything come up from those yet. Did you, from uh, in your expert opinion, um, should I be seeing my tulips pop up now?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, yes. 100%. If you go look at Tech Campus, they have tulips all over the place.
0: I noticed um, that. Very pretty red tulips yes. over there. Yes.
1: But yes, and so bulbs, you should be planting in winter, and you can expect them early spring. Um, the same with wildflowers. We should have sowed those in back in winter, but, you know, I also just planted mine last week. Just, I tossed mine out into a low-traffic area, didn't even put them in dirt, just tossed them out into a low-traffic area, Water them, and I expect they'll come up by July. So, with, you know, as as um, we get rain, right, and warmer temperatures.
0: Understood. And Brandy, you also brought a guest with us today.
1: Yeah, so I am with Blake Parker, who shadowed me as an assignment for Lucinda Holtz reporting class at Texas Tech Communications College. Um, Blake, yeah. Hello. I've had a really great day today.
0: Yeah, welcome to the newsroom. So what have you learned so far?
1: Um, I think one of the biggest takeaways I took from today, um, we were talking a lot about um how many different journalists are going to be on every single thing that you report um and that can be you know up to a dozen different people and it's all about finding your specific angle um and really knowing your audience and catering to that and so I've just really had a great time with Brandon today I think we really enjoyed each other and I learned a lot for sure yeah yeah I really honed in on the fact that um a lot of people don't recognize, but having good news judgment, knowing your community, being intuitive about who your audience is, is like one of the key things of being a good journalist. Like you can be a great writer, you can be a great reporter, but if you don't know your community, then, you know, it doesn't really matter and you're not quite making that same impact that you should be if if you're kind of missing their own, you know, your audience's interests and their trends, right? So I've really honed in on that, that knowing your audience is like the number one thing that you should be focusing on.
0: And Blake, I know you uh, went on a couple of field trips with Brandy today. You went over to the Texas Tech Greenhouse for a podcast recording session. We
1: did, yeah. How did that go? Good. We basically talked about the same stuff. Lots of journalism stuff. Um, Lots of environmental journalism stuff as well. Objectivity, the last meaning of objectivity. Um, So, yeah, tune into that in a couple weeks.
0: And then you also toured the, or not toured, you uh, walked down a couple of blocks from the um, Avalanche Journal office here and um, had lunch at Giorgio's. What was the order?
1: Uh, I got a pepperoni pizza that, or a slice. Yeah. It was wonderful. Really good. We had an interesting experience on the way of someone. <laughs> uh, basically, I think he was preaching in an alleyway, just yelling and preaching in the alleyway. Um, he was not there on our way back, but it was an interesting experience. So. Mm-hmm.
0: It's been known to happen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Loving <it>, Texas, folks.
0: <laughs> Thank you all. And now I'm joined by the Avalanche Journal's business reporter, Alana Edgen. You've got some fun updates this week, including a new bar that's going in by my old uh, barbershop, Brown's Barber, uh, in the Depot District uh, on, I guess, uh, what is that, Buddy Holly near 17th Street? Mm-hmm. What's that place called?
2: That one is going to be Shotgun Sue Saloon, and it looks like it's going to be a pretty interesting little spot. It's going to have just cocktails, and they're working on making a deal with the nearby Cha-Cha's Mexican restaurant, which I've heard is really good. The owners of this upcoming saloon have said that's one of the best-kept secrets in town, so it's now on my list. I have to go try it out.
0: Yeah, it looks like a, kind of a small footprint in there, very narrow.
2: Yeah, it's actually a Shotgun style which means that you have like the barrel of the shotgun that has the bar, and then you have a little seating area in the back. And there's actually really nice seating area back there. There's a lot of Western theme, there's wanted posters on the walls, and they kept the music low enough that you could really have a conversation, which you don't always get in a bar.
0: It seems like the kind of place you'd go and just get like a beer and a shot of whiskey or something like that.
2: Yeah, and they're also going to be really inventive with their cocktails. Um, One of the things they mentioned to me is they're going to have one cocktail that uses, like, a bug garnish. I don't know how that's going to work yet. He didn't want to give me all the details. But it looks like it's going to be a really unique spot to hit the depot district. And that should be opening around April 1st, at least in the next two weeks.
0: Sounds good. And then moving to South Lubbock, you've got an update on a, um, I guess, much uh, talked about uh, new golf course, this uh, Red Feather golf course and uh, what, what do they call it?
2: Social Club. And
0: Social Club. Yeah, my my bad. So, so what have you learned from that?
2: Well, that interview, I'm still waiting on the time and day to be finalized, but I'm hoping to have an update on that next week. Carlos Silva, our sports editor, actually pointed it out to me that they're, potentially going to have three restaurants in there. We'll see. And they were super responsive. I'm really looking forward to learning more about what Red Feather wants to offer.
0: Yeah, he was playing it up like it was going to be a, a pretty high-end place, the kind of place that major Texas Tech donors or the you know, sports editor of a uh, of the local newspaper um, would frequent, right?
2: That was the idea I'm getting. We'll see.
0: Sounds good. Anything else on your radar coming up in the next few weeks?
2: Well, we are getting towards the end of the month So we are gonna have the March business wrap up coming in. And interesting thing on that, the last two months have had 15, 17 business updates on there and so far we haven't hit that 10 mark yet. So I'm wondering if March might just be a slower month for businesses to open. My thoughts on that might be, you know, spring break happened, tax season's kind of wrapping up. And I already know that we're gonna have at least three businesses opening on April 1st or in that weekend. So it'll be an interesting trend to re-examine at the end of the year.
0: You know, one of those is that expanded nursery, right?
2: Yes. And that's on my list that I definitely want to go see.
0: That's the uh, Little Red Nursery?
2: Yes. And it's going to be a massive greenhouse. There's further plans to turn it into an event venue as well. It should be really cool. And then there's also going to be uh, Rico Empanadas. They are opening up their new restaurant over there in uh, Wolfers. So that's also on my list. I'm going to have a very busy Saturday.
0: Yeah, it looks like April is going to just have a lot of moving parts, so just a lot to come.
2: Yes, so stay tuned for more.
0: Sounds good. Thank you, Elena. Thank you. There's a lot going on around our community, and we love your story ideas and tips. Please feel free to reach out to me at ayoung at lobiconline.com, give me a call, or hit me up on social media. Here's hoping the week ahead brings great news and developments to Lubbock our area. The lead is produced with the help of the Avalanche Journal's Trends and Breaking News reporter, Matteo Rusilas, and photo editor, Annie Rice. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to checking back in with you next week.